Welcome to the way too early 2024 Super Bowl value picks here on Forward Progress, part of the Hammer Betting Network. I'm Rob Pizzola, joined by professional NFL better Suma Fabian Sommer, live from Germany. Suma, how's it going? Rob, it's going okay. A um, little bit sad that the NFL season is over, but also I already started digging into the draft. So, um, there is another, like, I think 71 days to get ready for the NFL draft, which makes it a little bit uh, compensating for the NFL season being over. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited for this video today. Now, let me just preface this by saying this is obviously very, very early to be making 2024 Super Bowl picks. And typically speaking, I'm not a type of guy that is going to bet this type of stuff 360 days in advance of the Super Bowl. Um, so proceed with caution. Obviously, there's a ton that can happen between now and then. But we do want to go over what the market is looking like right now because, listen, there's some people who like to make these types of bets and get these types of bets in early. I think that there's some prices out there right now that are a little bit um, off, let's say. I don't want to say egregious, but off. So certainly we'll get into it. And I'll bring up the odds here. For Super Bowl 2024 across three different sports books, courtesy of Betstamp. So when we take a look at the top of the leaderboard for next year, Kansas City six to one, DraftKings, FanDuel, Bet Rivers across the board, and then you get into this range of Buffalo, San Fran, Philly, and Cincinnati, who are all priced roughly in the eight to one to ten to one range. Suma, I just quickly want to start with you here in terms of these top five teams. First, first of all. Is Kansas City the deserved favorite to be the Super Bowl repeat champion again next year? And second of all, of these top five teams, who do you think is most likely to suffer the biggest drop-off next season? Uh, first question, yes, absolutely, because they have once again showed that uh, they can win in different ways. And I think what's also important to mention is that last year's draft class could be one of the best of the last couple of uh, years. And all those guys are going to be one year longer in the week, have time to develop another training camp. And there's also another draft between now and the start of the season. So the Chiefs are basically in a great situation, in my opinion. They have their foundation uh, on offense, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and they are getting a lot of contribution from all these young guys. So absolutely, I think the Chiefs should be the favorite to win the Super Bowl right now. Yeah, and Kansas City has some cap space too going into this offseason. I think roughly $15 million in cap space as well to shore up maybe the wide receiving core, add some depth on the defensive line a little bit. So uh, I agree with you. I think that just looking at the teams on paper, they were the best team in the NFL this season. A little bit of cap space next year. The best quarterback on the planet. I don't see how there's an argument that it should be any other team. In terms of Buffalo, San Fran, Philly, Cincy, any of those teams that you expect to have a drop-off next year? Uh, the, the two likeliest teams, in my opinion, are the Niners and the Eagles. Um, Eagles are going to lose some, some key players from this year. Um, there might also be a Jalen Hurts extension kicking in, kicking, kicking in soon, so they might already be planning ahead and uh, restructuring their roster a little bit. Jason Kelsey might be going into retirement Um don't know if they can keep all of AJ Brown, Devonta Smith, Dallas Godard for the foreseeable future. Um, Miles Sanders probably gone, so there might be some some restructures on that roster. Darius Slay is getting older. James Bradbury will likely be gone, 
um, where the free season kicks off. And, on the, and, and um, <clears throat> when it comes to the um, coaching staff, I mean, they lost both their offensive coordinator and their DC. I think losing Shane Steichen is more of an issue than losing Jonathan Gannon because their defense was automatically going to regress a little bit with uh, losing some key players and it's hard to be number one in pass DBOA uh, two years in a row. The The schedule is going to get harder, but I think losing Sta Shane Steichen, who has really done an incredible job when it comes to developing Justin Herbert in his rookie season, calling plays there for the Chargers, and he took over in 2021 mid-season. He, he took over play calling duties and from now... Uh, From then on, the Eagles' offense was really a top three unit in in all areas. So I think losing Shane Steichen will hurt them. Overall, I think they are in for, for some regression. I guess they are still going to be a very good team, and I absolutely love what they're doing organizational-wise. And when it comes to San Fran, I mean, the Niners don't have any draft picks, and we don't know who their starting quarterback is going to be. Will it be Trey Lance? Will Brock Purdy be back healthy in time? I just don't know. And it's also hard to um, remain that defensive unit, uh, first of all, personal-wise, performance-wise, and they also lost Demico Ryan. So those are some regression factors, in my opinion. That's why I would choose the Niners and Eagles out of those five. Yeah, the Eagles also have just like a ton of players on defense that are hitting free agency. Brandon Graham and Robert Quinn are both going to be free agents. Uh, their defensive tackles, Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, uh, Damakung Su and Linval Joseph, free agents as well. TJ Edwards in the linebacking core. Uh, James Bradbury, uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, Marcus Epps. Like pretty much most of their starting defense is hitting free agency. And they're lucky they're still on the Jalen Hurts rookie deal there as well. But um, that's going to be a challenge for them to replicate the same type of defense that they put together this year. In that mix, I'm pretty high on the Bengals again. Uh, obviously, they took Kansas City down to the wire this season. But the one thing about Cincinnati, they're still paying Joe Burrow less than $10 million, which is great for them and being able to round out the other positions. This year, the Bengals, to me, lacked depth. So whenever they had injuries, a little bit harder to, to fill in in their lineup. But overall... They don't have significant weaknesses, in my opinion. Um, they have a potential issue on the offensive line at guard. Cordell Volson, not the greatest. Uh, Jesse Bates and Von Bell in the secondary both have expiring contracts. Dax Hill can probably jump into a starter's role. Uh, they'll re-sign one of the other two, is my guess. Aside from that, they really just need to add some defensive line depth, some cornerback de depth. I think their offense is set for the most part. So to me, the Bengals are a team that, um, I maybe would hold them in higher regard to the Bills next year going into the season purely because Buffalo is just up against it from a cap point of view. Like this is the Bills team right now. They're going to have to go forward with that team. Cincinnati can add a little bit more depth, excel a little bit more. They were that close this year to getting back to the Super Bowl. So that's the team I think of the top five that um, would give the Chiefs the most challenge. But then again, we don't know how the division is going to play out. We don't know if Lamar Jackson is back at Baltimore. The Steelers might be well much improved. We don't know what Deshaun Watson is next year. So there's a lot of unknown variables when it comes to Cincinnati. Yes, absolutely. I also really like the team. They are keeping all their coaches. They have Joe Burrow on a cheap contract. 
I don't know what they're going to do with T. Higgins because I don't think he will go into next season without a new contract. So there's there's a possibility of either a trade going to happen or them just having to pay T. Higgins. I just don't see how he how how he enters his fourth and final uh, contract year um, without a new deal. But overall, yes, that team is very well rounded. No major weakness. They have a draft. They have they have cap space. Um, really, really bright going through the offseason for them. I want to take a look at the Pythagorean wins from this past season in the NFL really quickly here. Um, so basically, this is a measure of whether a team's overachieved or underachieved. Now, typically speaking, you're going to see the same type of plot chart every year. The teams that finish with the best records are going to tend to slightly overachieve. A lot of things just worked in their favor, um, whereas the teams at the bottom end of the spectrum underachievers but we have like this middle range of teams the one that stands out is the vikings as like a huge overachiever this year but i want to focus on a couple of the teams that potentially might provide value as teams that underachieved this season in the nfl and the starting point for me is the jacksonville jaguars because when we brought up the odds earlier jacksonville's 28 to 1 to win the super bowl at both DraftKings and bet rivers which they don't have a lot of cap space to work with this year. They're, you know, basically going to have to cut players in order to um, to get even with the cap. They have a lot of needs on defense. Um, ever since Calais Campbell left, defensive line's been an issue for them. Uh, they yeah. could upgrade at corner. They can upgrade at safety. Overall, I think that's you know a big area of weakness that they won't be able to address. But you have Trevor Lawrence now moving on another year and if trevor lawrence can get into like that elite level of quarterback next year i don't know how you don't take a shot on jacksonville at 28 to 1. yes i absolutely agree um yes their cap situation is not great but they have a great foundation on offense they will likely get Kelvin Ridley back, so we are looking at a um, starting receiving group of uh, Kelvin Ridley, Zay Jones, and Christian Kirk, which is uh, pretty decent. Uh, I would argue Travis Etienne, uh, Evan Ingram had a breakout season at tight end. I think their offensive line should mostly be back. Um, it's just Jawan. Jawan Taylor is, I believe, the only one on the offensive line that's going to hit free agency. Okay, so a offensive lineman would be a possibility in the draft, I guess. Um, yeah, coaching staff remains the same. And um, if you have your offense, you can go into the season while expecting some volatility on defense. And that that, that division is an absolute cupcake next season. Um, there's there's the, the chance that all three other AFC South teams are going to have rookie quarterbacks. Yeah. Uh, and two of them will have uh, rookie um, head coaches as well. So... Um, advantages position for the Jaguars. Yeah, like I, that's kind of my my thought process on it, right? You're you're going to get a team that is going to be heavily favored to win their division, which is an automatic playoff spot. Twenty eight to one to win the Super Bowl. I mean, obviously, there's a lot separating Jacksonville and Kansas City. We saw that in the playoffs this year, right? You know, Kansas City ends up being a, a nine and a half point favorite at home to Jacksonville. These are not equal teams, but there's the progression of Trevor Lawrence that's not being accounted for in the 2023-24 market where, 
I mean, this guy was a generational prospect, right? He was drafted first overall, and no one else was even considered at that spot. It would have been crazy if he didn't take Trevor Lawrence. Um, so he's starting to get a little bit older, a little bit more seasoned. Great offensive coach in Doug Peterson. You mentioned Calvin Ridley's probably part of that lineup next year as well. Um, I can see Jacksonville making a move. In terms of cap space in the NFL, if we're just taking a look here, so the Bears, Falcons have the most. The Raiders, because they've cut uh, Derek Carr, has moved on. The Giants, who are going to have to re-sign Daniel Jones or bring in another quarterback. This is where we get to six, the Bengals, as I mentioned earlier, who just have a ton of space to already bolster uh, a pretty deep squad. The Patriots at seven are interesting because I think the Patriots, I mean, obviously the quarterback situation leaves a lot to be desired in Mac Jones and potentially Bailey Zappi there, but potentially bringing in like a bona fide number one receiver could really help that situation for them. Good coaching staff. Um, looking down the list though, at number 10, I think this is also going to be a team that's going to drive a lot of action in the market for next year because of the way that they finished the season, the Detroit lions with just over $15 million in cap space. They have the draft to elevate their team. They do have some significant weaknesses, uh, pretty much across the board on the defensive side of the ball, um, whether that's the linebacking core, which is one of the worst in the league. Um, they had very weak cornerback play last year. I think they have to upgrade at defensive tackle as well. But, I mean, they finish strong. It's not the team that, like, they're not built in a way where you would think that they would be a Super Bowl contender because typically it's like you got to have an elite quarterback or you have to have that rookie deal quarterback and stack the roster. But this feels like one of the rare teams that might be able to overcome that, Suma. Yes, and also they will likely be favorites to win their division when Aaron Waters gets traded away because I don't really believe in the Vikings. Uh, Packers will or might go with Jordan Love. The Bears are like two years away. So I think if, if Aaron, Aaron Waters gets traded, I think the Lions should and will be the favorites to win their division. Uh, looks like a very strong playoff contender. Um, they can only get better on the defensive side of the ball, in my opinion. They kept their OC Ben Johnson, which was huge in my opinion. Offensive line is intact. Um, Jameson Williams will have a full offseason with a healthy knee. So there's a lot to like about the Lions. Yeah, and I think there's also a lot to like about the Jets, even though we have no idea who the quarterback's going to be. But they're priced in that same range as the Lions and the Jaguars. So the Jets, 28-1. to 1. You can argue maybe that they're a little bit overpriced, not knowing who the quarterback is going to be. But there's the Aaron Rodgers trade possibility. There's Lamar Jackson as a possibility. There's Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo as a possibility. I'm not sure that that necessarily puts the Jets over the edge, but we have seen Jimmy G with a very good defense before take his team to the Super Bowl. And I think the Jets defense is fantastic. Obviously, there's still a few holes, particularly I think they could use an upgrade at linebacker, maybe at safety yeah. as well. But Overall, that's a very scary team if they can find the right quarterback. So that's a team that uh, I think is also going to draw a lot of interest in the market next year. And Suma, you're a fan of the Jets. You're wearing the hat. Uh, what's the thoughts on the New York Jets next season? Uh, so first of all, I, I think there's an interesting range of outcomes because I don't really like their um, offensive coaching hiring process so far. I don't really know what to think about Nathaniel Hackett because mm -hmm. his track record as a play caller is not really that astonishing. 
it's basically like um, getting to 17th in offensive DVOA with Blake Bortles in 2017. He didn't call plays for the Packers and he turned Russell Wilson into a pumpkin. So um, <laughs> not really a strong record. And then Todd Downing as a passing game coordinator. Todd Downing, every time he, he, he became the OC, he made the offense worse. Like uh, 2017 Raiders, uh, 2022 uh, Titans. I mean... Not really anything to be super excited there. And then imagine they miss out on Aaron Rodgers and they get something like Ryan Tannehill or something. I mean, that could be a recipe for disaster in my opinion. But there's also the chance that we are looking at um, Aaron Rodgers uh, playing behind a solid offensive line with Garrett Wilson, Corey Davis, Elijah Moore. Um, Brees Hall coming back probably in the, in the second half of 2023. So decent range of outcomes, in my opinion. All right, let's pull the bets and bods back in here. And we'll go through top to bottom here. You tell me when to stop in terms of a team that you think poses significant value in the market next year. And I'll do the same for myself. Um, so just on the first screen here, as we get to the bottom, of all the teams that are kind of priced in this 25 to 1 to 35 to 1 range, so from the Chargers, Ravens, mm. all the way down to the Packers and Broncos, I think the Jags are the best value at 28 to 1, just because they could have an elite quarterback in this mix. Now, the Chargers do as well, but the Chargers really don't have any room to upgrade their roster, and they need to find some people that can stop the run on defense, in my yeah. opinion, before they're a legitimate contender. Plus, the coaching staff leads a lot, leaves a lot to be desired. So in this range here, Suma, uh, even if I bring it down a little bit further, I like the Jags in the 28 to 1 range. Uh, me too. Um, if, if you could guarantee me, and I will talk about another super underdog team soon. If you could guarantee me that Lamar Jackson stays in Baltimore, I would probably like anything around 25 to 1. Because if he stays at Baltimore, we are looking at an offense with Lamar Jackson, Todd Morgan as the OC. And I would be super sure that the Ravens will go after a wide receiver in the draft. And maybe also in free agency, um, DeAndre Hopkins might be a great uh, trade target for a late round pick. So just imagine an offense with Lamar Jackson, Todd Monken, DeAndre Hopkins, like maybe Jordan Addison in the slot and R Rashad Bateman as the wide receiver too. I would be super bullish on them if, if, if something like that happens. Um, Miami 35 to 1. Vic Fangio now coordinating mm -hmm. the defense that has some playmakers. The offense should be fine. Um, if Tua is back healthy, um, maybe not the worst price at 35 to 1. Yeah. Uh, in terms of Baltimore, and you mentioned DeAndre Hopkins, for those who don't know, because he did have a no trade clause with the Arizona Cardinals, but that is now void because of the six game suspension that he had. Uh, due to PEDs, so he can be dealt. And I think that there's a very high likelihood that it happens. Very interesting with the Ravens, too, um, just the numbers, how they differ, differ, dire differentiate across the board. Um, this is one of the teams, I think, with the widest spreads of what their totals will be for next year. Let's get down into uh, a little bit deeper. So I think we can both agree we don't like the Vikings next year. Uh, I'm, listen, the Giants have the cap room, and they have Brian Dayball, but... I think the Giants way overachieved this year, and they're still way further away from being able to compete than people realize. Uh, I'm not a super big fan of them. I think in this price range, 
this is going to be common think or common speak yeah. or whatever, but the Panthers at 70 to one is going to be one. I think that stands out a lot to people here. Suma. Yes. The only problem is that they will likely have a rookie quarterback and with rookie quarterbacks, it's very, very hard to, to, um, to start a deep playoff one when it comes to, to January. But there's a lot to like about the Panthers. Um, I, I absolutely love the coaching staff that Frank Reich is putting together. Their offensive line is solid. Um, they have they have a number one wide receiver in DJ Moore. Um, and their defense has some playmakers. And I absolutely love them hiring Algero Ibero from the Broncos. Uh, mm -hmm. Broncos uh, finished seventh in pass DBA on defense last year with a ton of injuries. I really thought that he was one of the best coordinators in the in the game last year. So great coaching staff, young rookie quarterback, some intriguing pieces. Not the greatest division. So I think the Panthers will be super hot also in the regular season win total markets. Yep. I, I totally agree there. Again, we don't we don't know the quarterback situation and how it's gonna play out for Carolina in the offseason. Uh they went through three pretty bad quarterbacks last year. Still were able to salvage, salvage their season. They do have to upgrade the offensive line, though. Uh, center was a big issue for them. Guard was a big issue for them. I mean, frankly, tackle was as well, but they tried to upgrade that via the draft last year, so they kind of have to see it out at this point. But if they can put together some semblance of even an average to above average offense, uh, I think that's definitely a big dark horse team. Bottom of the list here, honestly... I can't really advocate for anything down here. Uh, Arizona is going to be a disaster. Houston, the Colts with Jim Irsay running the show there is is a joke as well. The only other team that pops to me a little bit is the Steelers at 60 to 1. But it's it's just not a big enough price for me to say, like, I want to go, you know, 360 days in advance, bet the Steelers to win the Super yeah. Bowl. But this was a very good team when TJ Watt was healthy. I think Kenny Pickett progressed nicely as the season went on. And I showed, I think he showed that he's he's going to be a starting quarterback in the league. The concerns of the small hands, and then like honestly, Mike Tomlin every year somehow gets this team to 500 or better. I don't know how he does it, but Pittsburgh probably needs a couple more defensive linemen right now. They need to re-sign Cameron Sutton uh, or Levi Wallace. I mean, Levi Wallace not so much. Cam Sutton for sure. He's an impending free agent. But aside from that. I could see them make, you know, doing some damage if Pickett can, you know, accelerate a little bit, take that step up next year. Just I don't know if I love 60 to 1 all that much. Yeah. I think I think that the Steelers are going to be an intriguing playoff contender, but probably uh, still a decent bit away from being a serious like championship game contender. Um there's one team where I would advocate for a small flyer and that's the Atlanta Falcons at 81 or, or better because mm -hmm. so if Lamar Jackson gets traded, I think that the Falcons are like a dream case uh, destination for him because A, the, the Falcons have a top 10 pick. So there's some trade value that the Ravens would probably um, like to get in return. They have the cap space to, to give Lamar a, a new um, contract. They are returning the number one, one blocking offensive line by Pro Football Focus. Mm -hmm. They have a coach that is basically running the offense that would suit Lamar Jackson like perfectly, like pound the ball and taking deep shots. Kyle Pitts, Drake London, that would like be the, the perfect offense for Lamar Jackson in my opinion. 
and then you can still say, okay, we don't care about the defense in the, in the first two years. So um, if Lamar Jackson gets traded to the Falcons, they would be like a surefire favorite to win the division, and they would also have like decent odds to win the NFC, to win the weak, or let's call it weak NFC. Yep. Uh, I don't hate that. And it actually makes a whole lot of sense because that is a team that certainly uh, I think could trade for Lamar Jackson. And by the way, Lamar Jackson in the Dome, in those types of oh, conditions uh, for eight games a year, uh, that would be something else to watch. I think he could really rejuvenate uh, his career um, after a disappointing end with the Ravens, assuming it's the end with the Ravens, but it, it does seem that way. So in terms of flyers, teams that are worth a long shot bet, Falcons at 80 to one, Panthers at 70 to one, both myself and Suma uh, like the Jags price at 28 to one. Suma, a, a little bit of a lean on Miami in the 35 to one range. If I had to pick from the top end teams, personally, I would take the Bengals at 10 to 1, uh, just because, again, Joe Burrow, lots of cap space, upgrade that defense, plug in any holes. I think that's a pretty formidable team. That's it for us here on the way too early 2024 Super Bowl value picks. If you do enjoy this content, make sure to subscribe to Forward Progress here on the Hammer Betting Network. We'll be doing a ton more of this in the offseason. We'll probably revisit this video in a couple months as well just to see where the market has moved once yeah. we get the draft, once we get free agency. And if you do like the content, make sure that you smash that thumbs up button for myself and Fabian Somer. We'll catch you next time here on Forward Progress. 